Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, to ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features Ukrainian-born, but now New Jersey-based artist, Olga Musician. About halfway through this interview, I realized... Oh, wow. We have two very different work styles. (laughs) Olga has the drive and the need for perfection in everything she does. You know, everything is organized and clean and as efficient as possible. There is no room for spontaneity or winging it in her work life. (laughs) This interview is a great look at the opposite side of a previous solo episode I did where I confessed that I paint up to the value of my customer's budget. If the customer's happy, then I'm happy. (laughs) With Olga, if she's not making her next masterpiece, then she's not happy. (laughs) There's no good enough attitude happening here, which explains why her project minimum is $3,500 minimum to work with her. Olga charges her worth and explains what's included in her process to create a masterpiece every single time. She puts her best foot forward. She also put into words the mental creative process that happens inside my brain, and I assume yours too, when trying to think up the next big idea or you know create a mock-up for the customer. You know, that brain roller coaster that goes on throughout a couple days or weeks of extracting that one-of-a-kind idea out of the usually stagnant creative brain for a new hopeful customer. I'll let her do the explaining. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Olga Musician. Hello, everybody. We have Olga Musician here with us today. And I'm so excited to talk about your lettering and your art business and all the things. But tell us who you are and what you do and how you've gotten to where you are today. Yeah, so my name is Olga Musician. I'm primarily now a muralist, um, but I also do lettering, illustration. I started out as a graphic designer. Actually, before that, I started out as a fine artist, uh, drawing from life and people, drawing people and still lives. Then I went to graphic design. And then when I started my own business, I did lettering and illustration. And then I got more and more into illustration and then into murals. So now most of my business is actually murals, but I still like to do greeting cards and editorial designs and anything that people find me for. Awesome. Okay. So how did you build your business? So tell me about those first couple times you made money as an artist. So the first couple of times actually graphic design work. It wasn't even lettering work. I at the time was still working full-time as an art director in magazines. I worked there for about eight years and I knew that I wanted to start my own business, but it was something that was not realistic to me. I think it's just like I come from Ukraine and like there it's harder to start your own business and it's like that mentality that like you have to have a full-time job you have to have the benefits you have to you know be on like the straight and narrow and like it was too risky so I never thought I would even start my own business but I did want to and so like on the side people would ask me sometimes to do branding or I think one of my first bigger clients was a jewelry company and I was doing just like ads for them so I did a lot of that and branding and then somebody reached out to me to do uh, chalkboards in Brooklyn. And it, it started like, it was, it was like a very slow build. I found out about lettering while I was still working full time. I started practicing a lot. And then 
I took a few classes. I took a few classes with Lauren Hum and I met her in person. Then she recommended me for a job in Brooklyn that she couldn't do anymore because she had moved. And it's like very slow build. And I had that first job for lettering and I did these chalkboards that I'm actually still doing, I think six years later now. I still occasionally go there and update their boards. And I, I love that client. They're just the best, it's like the famous pizzeria in Brooklyn. And I just very slowly started building from there. But it wasn't like a, a hard decision that I just left my job and all of a sudden I was looking for clients. It was just, I was still working on the side while I was working full-time and going to school, to grad school part-time. So it was just a lot going on at the same time. For sure. And what does your days look like now? Oh, it's different every time because you can't predict like how busy you're going to be. Like I just came out from, I think six months of just like nonstop work. So every day I would either be going on site to do a mural or I'd be working at home to do designs. I have a daughter, so I have to take her to school, come back, and then she's home. So I can only work between the hours of nine and two, something like that. And then sometimes when she goes to bed, I'll work from eight until I go to sleep at night. So it just depends on the day and it depends on what's going on, like how busy I am. Right now, I'm finally just got out of a very busy period and I actually have time for a personal project. And so I've been doing like a little bit of just like catching up, just like updating my website. And so right now it's relaxed. I don't really have a schedule. I just take her to school. I come back. I do a personal project. I'll follow up with some clients. I'll do a per- do something else. I've been doing these holiday cards for my clients. So I'm just like doing nice things that I just, you know, or- organizing myself. How do you create those really cool lettering designs that you do? And as it evolves throughout the years, how do you physically do it? Do you put it on an iPad first? Yeah, a lot of times I will start on a sketchbook and I'll just do quick, really rough designs because I find that for some reason when I'm holding up a real pencil and drawing on paper, it just comes out better than if I start sketching on the iPad. If I'm really in a rush, I'll start on the iPad And then I'll just have one or two versions, but I like to have these little thumbnail sketches. And then I just take a photo of them with my iPad and then I trace over it and then I continue drawing from there. But all of my work is done pretty much on in Procreate on my iPad. Sometimes I'll edit the colors a little bit in Photoshop, but I I rarely do that. Yeah. What does your mural setup look like? Is there any kind of tool that you use every single day or what do you bring with you? A big toolbox and like an, an attachment at the top and another attachment because I find that I'm just running out of space. I had this fabric toolbox that I was carrying with me. And for big jobs where I have 30 different paints, it's just, it's not feasible because I end up carrying, you know, my ladder, then my toolbox, and then a whole box bin of my paints. And it's just like a few trips to the car. So I ended up getting this giant, like stackable to toolbox so that I can put all my paints at the bottom. It's on wheels. It's going to be so much easier. It's just like one trip and I'll be able to get everything done. But I have a lot. Yeah. I use a lot of colors in my mural. So for me, it's a lot to bring because it's a lot of paint brushes. It's things to mix paint with. It's a lot of paint, all the towels, all the buckets, all the, it's just so much crowded in my bag. <laughs> do you mix your own colors or do you pretty much, do you get sample sizes? Do you get the big gallons and then mix from there? How is your mixing? I do all of that. I don't get gallons unless I'm painting a background. Most of the time I'll get quartz or I'll get samples, but I have so much paint. If I showed you my basement right now, you'd probably faint. It's just, it's my entire wall is just paint. And so when I have a new project, I don't like to first go to the store and just buy whatever I need because I use so many colors. So I'll go to my basement and I'll go through everything. It takes two hours to go through all the colors that I have, 
to see what's close to what I need to use for this new mural. If I have a color that's close, but not quite there, I'll mix it with other colors that I have. So I do a lot of mixing because I'm trying to get rid of as much paint as I have because it's just, it's overwhelming. So I do mix a lot. I feel you. Yeah. I've been doing that this past year, especially I'll bring so many different colors. I'm like, okay, I just need to use all of these five greens and this grass scene over here to get it out of my studio. And then you have a little bit left at the bottom and you feel bad throwing it out. And so like you keep it, but then it's just, it just piles up. It's too much. Exactly. So you do most of your mixing before you get to the job site? Yeah. A lot of times I will, unless it's something small, like if I just need a color for a few details and that's, it's mixed out of the colors that I'm already using in the mural, then I'll just, but if it's like a bigger color that I'll use a lot, I'll make sure to have enough of it before I get there because then I'm going to waste time trying to find the color. It's, it takes a while because you mix it, then you have to try it, then you have to wait for it to dry because once the paint dries, it's a totally different color. It gets darker. So it's like, you have to make sure it's right. For sure. Okay. So how are you getting customers nowadays? Is it mostly word of mouth, social media? You have a pretty great social media. Thank you. Yeah, I worked very hard. I feel like I'm still working very hard to build that up. But I, yeah, a lot of times it used to be all social media, but now the more murals I do, the more word of mouth I get. I get work from word of mouth because for example, I just did two murals in a township like 30 minutes away from me. And one of the other business owners working in that town was eating in the restaurant while I was painting. And so she came to talk to me and then I painted two murals for her store And now I'm getting contacted by another business owner from that same town wanting to do murals in his new store that he's opening up. So it's just like, it's becoming more like the more people see my work, you know, the more work I get just from people seeing it, just from word of mouth. Yeah. But what's your special sauce that we talked a little bit before I got on here? What is the one thing that you do really well that we can teach these listeners that they could maybe implement into their art business? I feel like there's a lot of things, but the one thing that I that I thought about was that I always, and that this is like, it might sound like common sense, but I feel like I always try to treat each project as like my most important project. Like I, no matter how small, no matter how unimportant it seems, I give it my absolute best. I do my best job. My murals are so detailed usually. And if you come up really close to it, it's the lines are all straight. They're all consistent. There's no little mistakes or there's nothing like wrong that you can see with it, even if you come up like this close to it. So no matter how small, like you have to do your absolute best because your name is on it, but you never know who's going to see it. For example, I once did a project, one of my first murals. It was a very big public art project. It paid basically nothing, but I really wanted to get into murals and it was a huge wall right in my neighborhood. And so I accepted it. I did my very best, still one of my favorite projects. And then one day, an art director was driving by it, and she works in with Crayola. She works in a licensing marketing company, and they do projects with Crayola. And so she saw my mural, and she contacted me. And then I did a bunch of projects with Crayola, and that was amazing. And that was all because I did took this very small, seemingly unimportant project, and I did my very best. I treated it like $50,000 project. I love that other take of it because I just did a podcast, a solo episode about my mindset is the opposite of that because I, if a customer has like a $1,000 budget, it just bugs me to spend so many hours. I'm like, I'm getting paid, not hardly at all. So I'll typically just give them what they paid for and it looks good, but it's not my absolute best. So I love that you have a different take on it and that good things can come from it. It's just every artist is different, but I, yeah. Yeah. Cause you never know, right? You never know who's going to see it. You never know what's going to 
turn from it. I've had such unexpected things happen from doing certain projects that like I always make sure to just do my very best just in case. <laughs> and also it's my name. I'm bothered by it. If there's anything wrong with it, if I ever see it or if I even have to think about it, it'll keep me up at night. Like I just did a, a mural, the one that I was talking about in the restaurant in the town um, 30 minutes away. I did this mural for them and they had an outlet right in the middle of the mural. And I painted around it and it looked fine. But then I couldn't let it go that this outlet was white in the middle of a red tomato. And I was like, I can't leave it. Like, it just, it's bothering me. Like, they didn't ask me to do anything with it. They just asked me to leave it. But I was like, listen, I'm going to come back and I'm going to paint an outlet red and I'm just going to put it back there. They're like, all right, we don't care, but okay. But it just bugs me. Like, I need it to be perfect. Yeah, I'll definitely, I need to make the lines straight for sure. The lines need to be perfect yeah. and like things like that. But I'm like, eh. I don't know. (laughs) There's some things that I want to go all out with, but I just don't. But you're talk me into it. What other good things have come from that? Because maybe I need to do things a little differently. What other good things? Well, it's also just when the client, even if, again, even if it's a small project, when the clients see you like trying your best and like really putting in, going above and beyond for a project, that'll leave a very good impression with them. And that'll leave you all that kind of very good note with them. And then they will recommend you to other people. I feel like a lot of my work, word of mouth work that I've gotten was because my clients saw how hard I worked and how much care I put into the work that I did for them, that they were just like, wow, here's a recommendation to this other friend that owns a business. Like they just recommend me to everybody. They want to recommend me because of how much they enjoyed like seeing my work. For sure. So do you give them different budgets for different kind of mock-ups? Or are you like, if do they give you the budget first or how does that work? It depends on the projects. Obviously, sometimes people come with budgets already set, but a lot of times I'll just, I have a set pricing structure for my murals. So it's by square foot and I have a minimum. I actually just did a whole mural pricing webinar on this because it's just, there's so many different ways to price a mural and I feel like different people do it different ways. But for me, the way that it has worked was that I have a mural minimum. And so it's basically, it covers up to a hundred square feet and it includes the paint. It includes two to three concepts, all the paint materials. I include everything because it's just easier that way. It doesn't, there's no surprises later for the clients. So there's a mural minimum and then there's, if it goes beyond a hundred square feet, then there's a square footage price. And I try to bring it up every year. And this year I'm going to do a pretty significant jump, I think, because I just feel like most people charge more than me and I feel like I should catch up a little bit. What are you charging right now? What, what, what is your mural minimum for 100 square feet? The mural minimum right now is 3,500, but it's just, it doesn't feel like it's covering all the work that it takes, especially because I, you know, I put so much into each one of my projects that it just doesn't feel like. I'm covering enough of what I'm doing, especially like if I do a mural on a brick wall that takes double the amount of time and double the amount of paint, I end up doing it for very little. So I'm definitely looking into increasing my prices this year because it needs to, I feel like it needs to cover more. I feel like I've done enough murals at this point and I have enough experience to have better pricing. Yeah. I love that's your minimum because, and going into it that you want to put your all into it and you can't do that for $500 No, and it doesn't feel good for you. So I don't mind. Mine is 1500. And so I don't mind going out and knocking it out in a day. I'm like, yeah, sure. Here you go. And then moving on to the next one. But you Mm -hmm. don't need to be like that. You're like, no, I want to make sure it's perfect. And does the best and have the brightest colors and it's going to look like a masterpiece. And I'm like, I'll paint whatever you want. I make sure the client's happy 
But I'm like, if it's not my best work, I'm moving on to the next. I'm more like a job, but yours is, this is my baby, which is great. I think I love to get this percent of her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because also like you're saying like, you're going to go out and you're going to knock it out in a day. Does it include concept sketches or just going out? I feel like a lot of clients seem to think that mural pricing sometimes feels like too much for them because they feel like, oh, you just show up and you paint on a wall and like, how hard could that be? But it takes me two weeks in the beginning to do the concept. Oh, wow. Like I try not to go under two weeks. Like, I mean, sometimes I'll do it in a week if it's really like I'm inspired and it it works out. But what I find is that when I start doing the sketches, I need a few days to think about it and to like research and do inspiration research and, you know, anything, maybe, you know, maybe they have a certain brand that has to do with, I don't know, like I just did a brand, a store mural that their branding have has birds and feathers and stuff. So I'll do research on feather illustrations, murals with feathers, just like to see what has been done before, what looks good, what doesn't look good. Then I need to let it marinate in my head. And then I'll just be driving like somewhere. And it's usually when I'm driving, I don't know why. Every time I'm in my car and I like, I think about it. And then like in my head, I start seeing like pictures of what it could be. So then I get home and I'll like quickly sketch them out. Then I'll put them into my iPad. Then I'll draw them out and then I'll have two or three concepts but I'm not going to be 100% happy with them because I always feel like there's more that I could do. There's more that I could explore. So like, again, I let that marinate and I let it sit and I sleep on it. And then I find that like after a week and after I've already done a few sketches that I might or might not be already happy with, I will do that last one, like after the whole week has passed and that will be like the best one. So it's, I, I now have this like process in my head and I always like, sometimes if I'm not happy with my sketches, like the first week, I try not to freak out because I now know that like after that week and after I've let them sit, they will somehow like transform into something different. And then I will make a sketch like the next week. That'll be perfect. It's just, I don't know. That's how my head works. And that's why I give it two weeks. I don't want to rush it because if you just get my sketches in the two to three days, like you might not get my best work. You just completely described very perfectly the creative brain when it comes to doing that. And because you're explaining this and I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly I do that too. I'm like, she's so right. Because I just did a mural concept and I had this one idea and I was like all for it. And then last minute, I was like, instead of lines, I could just do circles and balloons. Wait, I, and so I made this one up and then I showed it to a few people and they're like, oh yeah, that's the best one. I'm like, I thought of this right before I turned it in. <laughs> I know. It's just the same thing just happened to me. I just did a project. I don't remember which one it was, but it was like the last sketch that I did was my favorite. And that's the one they picked. And I was just like, I'm glad I waited because if I hadn't, I would have been stuck with the first batch that I did. And it's not that they're bad, the first batch, but you can think of something better once you have that initial set to think about and to let it sit for a little bit and cook. And then you have the perfect thing at the end. So true. Okay. So that's why it takes two weeks to do the sketches. Then it takes a few days to prepare for the mural. Then it takes a few days to paint the mural. So it's a long process. And if I'm going to spend all that time in a month, I can do maybe two clients, two client jobs, depending on how many murals each one of them has, then I can't charge a thousand dollars per mural because then it's just not going to be making anything. Yeah. Do you tell the customer this, like a short version of this creative process? They're like, why is it going to take two weeks for you to get this back to me? Yeah. I try to, if if people have a problem with pricing or if they really want to know what the process is, I do explain it to them. Not in this much detail, but I do say that it takes two weeks to do the sketches and it takes this long to paint. And it's all in my proposal too. Like when I send the pricing proposal, my whole design process is outlined and it says how long each process takes, each phase, not process. 
Okay. You're inspiring me to give myself longer on the creative process too. Never really connected the dots with it. I typically tell people I want to get a sketch back to them in seven days, mostly because I don't want to keep them waiting, but it's not about them. It's about me. It's about me and my creative process. And it's going to be better if they wait. So maybe I should communicate that with them and I should say two weeks instead of one. Yeah, you'll find that a lot of people are not in a rush. Like it takes a while and it's okay, but you're giving them a custom job. Like if they ask a woodworker to create a custom built wooden table with chairs for them, it's going to take them a while. It's going to take, I don't know how long it takes, a month. It's not going to take seven days. Like it takes a while because it's custom. It's geared, it's specifically made for them, for their space, with their brand or their interior in mind. Like it, it, it takes a lot. It's a big job. Yeah. What are the questions you ask your customer for trying to get out whatever design they image they might have in their head or ideas that they have or concepts? And then how much creative freedom do they give you typically? It depends on the client usually. So the main questions I ask are obviously how big is the wall? How big do you want the mural to be? What material is the wall? Because it'll price will vary based on whether it's like a brick or concrete or sheetrock wall. And I'll ask them about their brand and about their, whatever it is, store, restaurant, or wherever I'm working. I want to know what it looks like inside. What are the wall colors? I want to know what the furniture is going to look like. If they have an existing brand, because a lot of times that'll help me decide what styles and what illustrations to use or what colors to use in their murals. Those are like the main questions. But then to get ideas out of them, it really depends. Sometimes people come with me with very specific ideas. Like I have this one client that was like, This is exactly what I want. She sent me the pictures, reference images, and she did not want anything that didn't look like that. Like it was like very, like I almost had to talk her into not, I can't copy it. I I really can't like do the same thing because that wouldn't be my work. Like I have to make it my own somehow because it's just too specific. Like I can't exactly, it's copyright. So that was like that specific. And some people come and they have absolutely no idea what they want. And sometimes it's very difficult because a lot of people will not have an idea And then they'll say, oh, I trust you. Do whatever you want. And now I I take that as like a red flag because most of the time, the people that say that, they say, do whatever you want. You will do whatever you want. And then you'll send them the sketches and all of a sudden they have a very specific idea of what they want and it's not what you sent them. And I can't read your mind. So I try to get as much out of people now as possible. If they really don't know, I'll send them a mood board and be like, okay, here's some styles of murals that I've done or I've seen that I've found which one of these speaks to you or which ones of these do you think will work for your space? For quotes, I'll usually find those unless they, again, unless they have a very specific idea. But a lot of times I'll send them a list of quotes based on what they're looking for. I just did a fitting room mural. So the owner won quotes that will like inspire confidence in women. So I just researched different ideas of quotes like hello, beautiful, or you look great today, things like that, just like confidence boosting quotes. And so I'll send her a list of 10 to 20 different quotes and we'll just pick a few and then I'll go with those. Yeah. And as for like design ideas, it depends on who's coming with what ideas, but I'll typically do a mood board for them just in case if they really don't have any clue what they want. Because at this point, like if somebody tells me, do whatever you want, I don't start the project unless I know something else (laughs) because there's always something they just don't know it yet you have to try to find it yeah for sure okay Ooh, a mood board what does that consist of because I've been sent a couple I've never done one but I've been sent a couple from interior designers and they have a bunch of different things on them what's on your mood board it depends again it depends on what I'm looking for but a lot of times it'll be like 
either my previous projects just to get a style idea or that and like mix in with different pictures that I found on Pinterest. It could be different type styles. It could be different mural styles, just murals I found that kind of look like what they're looking for, just to get an idea of, are they looking for something really realistic? Are they looking for something really comic, comic book? Are they looking for blocky type? Are they looking for scripts? Just include different things just so they can look through it and see what will work the best for like their vision. And I'll group them into styles. It won't be like a mood board with everything. It'll be like one mood board is like, really colorful script, girly flowers, whatever, like that's one. Then the second one will be like blocky and darker colors or moodier colors. Just if they really have no idea, like this is how different they could look. But the mood board is like pictures, colors, maybe sometimes colors, sometimes photographs. It just like depends on like you're trying to build the mood and show the style that the mural will be. Okay. I gotcha. I think it's a really great way to have a customer visually see what they want. Cause that's, we can have an idea in our head and be like, do you want girly in there? Our version of girly is not their version of girly or, you know, the, the level of exactly with it. So the visuals, I love that. Yeah. And like, it's, for example, if like I just did a mood board, like if they want to include people in the mural, there's so many different ways to illustrate people, right? It could be just blocky kind of shapes. It could be a more realistic person with clothing and all that stuff. Like, there's different types of illustrations for that. So I'll do the mood boards for those different types just so they can tell me what, which, because some people can't, can't explain what they're seeing in their head. They have to see a picture of it and it, it makes it easier to gear me toward the right direction. Yeah. Have you ever had a customer not like a mural when it went up and they request a bunch of changes afterwards? No, never. Because I make sure that it's fully approved and perfect before I paint it. My mock-ups look, I literally, so when I make a mural concept, I will mock it up on a picture of their wall so that it looks exactly like this is what your wall is going to look like with this mural. I'm like, they'll see it exactly. It's it, There's no guessing, you know? So once that's fully approved and the mural goes up, it looks exactly like that mock-up picture. There's no, like, there's nothing that changed between when they approved the design and then when I painted the mural. So that's why I'm saying I do everything perfectly into the best of my all abilities because it'll look exactly like that mock-up like the one that I drew in Procreate you can't tell the difference sometimes like I I have videos of like me showing like a paper of my mock-up and then putting it down and there's my mural and I just did one and I like literally put it up (laughs) and I'm looking at this video because I'm putting together the reels and I'm looking at the video and the first picture of it is like the mock-up and then I take it down and it's just a piece of paper. And then there was a mural behind it, but I didn't know. I thought I was looking at the actual mural. And then when I took down the paper, I was like, oh, like I was, I surprised myself because it's, that's how they look exactly the same. So that's why once I already paint it, like the client knows what they're getting. They're never disappointed in what they're getting. Love that. So if anybody's listening and you're scared that a client isn't going to like it in the end, or you've had a bad experience with that's your answer, make it exactly like the mock-up, which takes a lot more hours into the mock-up. Is it- exactly. Yeah, so- it takes a long time. That's why it takes so long because it's like, you have to make sure because once the paint is up, I don't want to be coming back to change anything because that's, and this is my contract. Once you approve the mock-up, that's exactly what you're going to get on the wall. There's no changes after you approve the mock-up. Are you like this in real life for like, other than the business life, are you like, everything must be perfect. And I like it like that. Really? Yeah, I get that. That's why I'm like that in my business because I'm such a perfectionist and everything else. I have to make sure everything's organized. Everything is like perfectly clean. Like I reorganize my work closet like every few months because it just bugs me. I feel like something's out of place. So I'm, I'm very like 
OCD a little bit about it. Yeah, I could tell this is just a great example of two very different people. I'm very messy and very like a schedule. I don't like I nothing if things aren't important. I'm just like I I treat my mural business like that. And I have gotten burned a couple times because I was like, just trust me, it'll be fine. Now I will I'll ask enough questions to know for sure that I'm giving them the right thing. But the idea of sitting down and creating an exact perfect design on Procreate sounds terrible to me. I'm sure it would save me so much more headaches and my clients would love it. But I'm like, oh gosh. Wait, so how do you present sketches to them? Or Yeah, yeah. I'll give them a really loose sketch of where the things are going to go. And then I'll give them kind of a color, but I'll more give them like a reference photo of, these are the reference photos I'm using. This is the style I'm using. This is something I've done before and I'm going to make it all into this one. And they're like, okay, they trust me. Usually I'd say 99% of the time, they just trust me to do it. I'll send them as I'm going to, I'll be like, is this the style you're wanting? And it's usually yes. Cause I, I know by now, but in the beginning, there was a couple of times where I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what you want and it did not work out. And so now I've learned yeah. from that, <laughs> but, but yeah. yeah, I feel like for me as a perfectionist, like that, there would be like no worse feeling than like somebody being disappointed in my mural or something being wrong. That's why I try to make it like as perfect as I can because it not only helps me to just be at peace with it, but also prevents any like disappointment or like client unhappiness later because I wouldn't be able to deal with it. That's fair. Okay. So what for my last question here, what we typically end with this question, what is your best advice for somebody who is just starting out in the very beginning? And they're like, I want to be like Olga. I am a perfectionist just like her. I totally relate to this. And I want to get to her level of having a $3,500 minimum and doing murals like she does. What's a good starting point? A good starting point for murals or a good starting point for the type of work that I do in general. Uh, maybe just general. It's different. So in general, I would say it's honestly all in practice. When I started doing lettering and illustration, I was so bad at it. Like I was good at drawing. I can draw a portrait. I, I could draw still lives. I was very good at painting and drawing. But when it came to actually drawing letters, I was terrible at it. And even looking back now, I'm like, wow, I cannot believe how bad I was. But I decided at one point to literally practice every single day. No matter what it was, I had to do a tiny thing, even if it's just one letter. I had to do something every day for a year and I had to post it. And I did all these challenges. I did the good type challenges. I did the whatever else, the pages on Instagram. They had all these different challenges, weekly things that I did. And after a year... I finally arrived at a point where I was like, oh, wow, okay, maybe I can do this. Um, I see the progression. Like I see that I got better, but it still took a really long time from there to get here. So it's honestly like the more work you make, the more your style will change and the, the better you'll get. There's really nothing to it. It's, it's literally just practice because there's nothing, you can't get better without trying, right? And so it's, for me, that's all it took. It was just kind of perseverance and just not stopping and just do it even if it sucks and keep trying. And for mural work specifically, if you want to do murals, the way, what I say to start out with is to, you can make a large painting, get a big canvas and try something out. If you can paint a wall in your house, you can always paint over it. That's my first mural was my wall in my house. I literally had to move all my furniture out of the way. I painted this little mural. I took pictures, took videos, I posted everything. And then I just painted right over it. And I put all the furniture back. So it's like, it never happened, but it was there and it gave me experience and it gave me something to show, not just a mock-up. Here's a real mural that I actually painted to potential clients. 
And that's really why I got my first murals because like I had done this one and I also did mock-ups of different designs that I've done in Procreate on walls, just like little mock-ups in Photoshop to show like, I can do this if you hired me to do it. I haven't, but I can. And then the thing that I always also say, if you're going to do mock-ups on walls, always make sure that you can replicate it. If you're terrified of climbing 30 feet up in the air and you'll never do it, don't mock up a 50 foot high mural. If somebody literally came up to you tomorrow and be like, can you paint this for me, please? And you say, oh, I can't, then don't make that mock up. Make sure that whatever you make detail wise and height wise, whatever, it's realistic for you. That if somebody literally asked you today to replicate that, you can 100% with 100% confidence replicate that. Yes, for sure. And I love that you said the part about lettering being, it's a different part of your brain. If you can draw and paint, that doesn't mean you can letter, but after practice, you can, but it's different and it's so frustrating. But once you get it, it's, oh, of course. It's It's so frustrating. I was mad at myself. I was like, I can't believe, like, how can I not draw a letter? I can draw. I know how to do all these things. How can I not draw a letter? It looks so bad. And it's such a different process. It's, yeah, it's a completely different part of your brain. I don't even know. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us a look inside of your very cool and organized art business. (laughs) I appreciate (laughs) you and we will keep in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. I've been putting out at least one episode per week for more than four years on this podcast. And it's really cool to see those download numbers go up and up as time goes on. And that's because artists like you listen and share these episodes. So really, when I say thank you, I mean it. (laughs) It's really cool to see progress along the way. And anyway, if you like this type of art and business content, then I highly encourage you to get the audio version of my book, Mural Money, with over 15 hours of listening inspiration. I'm currently running a special of just $17 for the audio version. You can go to muralmoney.com to find it. And that comes with a bunch of extras like my art supply list, my pricing guide, recommended book and podcast list, and so much more. I filled that book with tips from my art journey of building a profitable mural career. Plus, I've included the best of the best advice from guests I've interviewed on this podcast. It's the most affordable all-in-one book of advice on art and business that I have. And if you enjoy listening to me here, then I know you'll like the book too, because I read it myself all 15 hours of it. (laughs) The book is available on Amazon and Audible normally for $25, but if you go to muralmoney.com, that is where you can grab the special $17 deal while it lasts. If you haven't listened to my book yet, this is your sign to do it. Again, normally $25, running a special for $17, but you have to go to muralmoney.com. That's where you can grab the audio version of it. And that's all I have for you today. So I will see you next week for another episode of the Artist Academy podcast.